Stories connect us as humans. A well-told story can motivate and inspire us. Storytelling is the ultimate superpower. Be The Drop is a weekly podcast that investigates how to tell stories that engage. Join me, Amelia Veal, on our shared journey to become better storytellers. In episode 272, I am equal parts excited and sad as we say farewell for now to the legendary Chris Warman. The sad part is obvious, having worked with Chris for many years now, it's hard to imagine narrative marketing without him. However, Chris leaves to start a new and exciting chapter as he and his wife welcome a new baby. In this episode, Chris shares some of the lessons he's learned throughout our work journey, how an open mindset has helped him approach and solve problems, plus he shares his most memorable Be The Drop episodes. This is Chris's version of Be The Drop. Have you ever heard of brand storytelling but have no idea where to start when it comes to implementing it into your business? Sign up for our free Storytelling for Business email program. We give you the tools to develop strong brand messaging, grab your customers' attention and how to create a positive sales experience. Register for our free email program to learn how to engage your audience and turn them into customers via narrativemarketing.com.au slash storytellingforbusiness or access the link via the show notes. Chris, thank you for joining me for our next episode of Be The Drop. Thanks for having me. I was sort of it's been de- a while. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. I was sort of debating like, it has been a long while, which is what we're going to talk about. Yes. I was debating about calling this episode, I'm not crying, you're crying. Um, yeah. Because it's exciting and sad all at the same time. Listeners who've been along with the journey or over our various content would have heard Chris, seen Chris, as he said, it's been a while, uh, but he certainly joined us for episodes and has been an integral part of the narrative marketing team for a number of years. We we're trying to figure it out. Uh, we think it was 2014, maybe when you essentially st- the first video job I did. Yeah. yeah, we maybe worked together, and then and then it had been a break, and then we did some be the drop. When was in 2015? Si- maybe Sydney, 2016. And at Mount Lofty House, we did a block. Yeah. And in Sydney. Yeah. When you were pregnant. <laughs> It's, it's been it's been all through the yeah. things and we, yeah so and and now Chris has Chris's wife Wendy is about to have their first child Chris yes. is already a stepdad to Leo who's what 11 uh, yeah. yeah yeah that's right uh, and so baby unknown baby name yes uh, maybe we should do some guessing <laughs> is about to join us and Chris is going to take time off until at least May next year something like that something yeah. like that who knows I might give up early. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's, um, but you can't give up because the baby's there. Uh, and Wendy's going back to work and Chris is going to be staying home with baby. So what we wanted to talk about today was like a little bit of reflection, you know. And I was saying to you, um, sometimes people don't get this opportunity to go, oh, yeah, I've been doing this thing for a while. You've built up a huge range of knowledge and experience and you've done an awesome job at it. Uh, and so I just thought it'd be nice to go, okay, let's sit Chris down to the mic and an opportunity to say, well done and it's been great. What are the key things that stand out to you, lessons you've learned along the journey and skills you've developed? I guess a lot of the lessons generally revolve around a couple of different things. So 
things like being flexible with uh, time <laughs> and the amount of effort I need to put into things and uh, the, the tools we use to make them. So, you know, uh, someone who was coming out of film school, I was like ready to go all in, you know. We got all the good gear, we got the drones, we got the whatever, but, you know, it really comes down to you got to get the camera or the audio device that you've got on you to capture a good story, something you've taught me. Just just working with locations. <laughs> There's been a lot of that over the podcast and the videos we've done. Places we've had to learn to do, so being adaptable. Yeah, I think that, yeah, exactly. It's like you, you may want the perfect scenario, but I don't think we've ever had the perfect <laughs> What no. is the perfect scenario? So narrative scenario? marketing is a story of the imperfect scenario. <laughs> Because that's life, isn't it? That's reality. We're, you know, filming, recording at clients' locations. They don't necessarily have a studio set up and we're not big budget studio Hollywood production. So we make it work. And I think that is a good point. You can work with what you have and still get good outcomes, get good quality and good results. And sure, you may compromise on something, but the other side is compromised by not being able to do it at all. Yeah, I think the time that I've been working for you, it's a story of like what we have been able to do, not what we have put roadblocks in front. Because I, I know a lot of people you, that you encounter in training and things, they've, they just put these walls up that are like, I don't have a good microphone to start a podcast or I don't have a $10,000 camera to start a video, you know, and then you go in and slowly break down those barriers and talk to people about oh, this actually does all right, you know, I'm, I've helped you go, you know, this iPhone is okay. <laughs> so it's okay to use this instead of hiring someone for a couple thousand dollars if you need to save the money for whatever reason. How do you do that research? Where is the best way to do that research? Are you looking for other people's comments have used it or is it for from, you know, interviews that um, industry bodies have done reviews or product reviews what do you think is the best way to get that information yeah I think that's a hard thing to research for because a lot of the blogs and video online is either sponsored by people that are releasing new products or they're just they're they're about new products because that will get the most clicks and likes and things so mainly when it comes to finding good software or hardware that people actually use in doing the same thing that you want to do it's it's mainly about finding the people that are doing the same thing you want to do like it's not about what watching what someone's reviewing it's about what the review is actually using to record their reviews or that sort of thing mm. so it's about um finding other users yeah going deeper than the google search <laughs> yeah yeah well and because facebook groups are good you go you know what's a great quality thing and then some people will probably say the newest thing or something that's still coming out but There'll be a lot of people who are using the good old stuff. And and so in that, you know, growth mindset, we over the over the years it's a small business, narrative marketing is is a small business. So we have to wear many hats because there isn't, you know, there isn't other people to wear them for us. So that's involved things like when the website has been updated and renewed, you know, you're get in the back end and do technical stuff. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen when you're not there. I'm going to have to wear the hat. I'm like, oh, this is what I mean. I'm not crying. You're crying. You're crying. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you've certainly learnt those skills. Like 
what advice would you give to people? Like, how do you just suddenly learn that? Where do you go? How do you suddenly understand that? Is it about just trying and failing? What is the key thing that's helped you pick up these new extra skills? Because you certainly weren't a web developer before. That's not your training. Yeah, yeah. But now, you know, I'm like, <laughs> oh, well, Chris does web stuff. <laughs> I guess it's just a funny sequence of events that all leads into itself. Because uh, when I first started working for you, that was before I'd used to I, I had a job in software stuff for a little while doing videos for a software company and then I picked up web stuff from that so it's more about um applying relevant knowledge and then kind of spinning it into extra knowledge so through my work in video there is kind of like a web element that's to do with the marketing side of that that was handy to learn and then through other work that I'd been doing, I could slowly pick up little, it's almost like little puzzle pieces, like from the IT work I got. But I think it goes back to that word that I was saying before with the growth mindset. It's about being open to that, open to getting the the advice and the learning and using that and reshaping it and reforming it. And I think there are, I think that's a personality trait that you have that's really strong and positive because you do have that ability. And so I think we've just been on a constant learning journey. Like it just has been and it has to be, you know, and I feel like particularly in the social media space, I've found that a bit overwhelming personally, the degree of change and usage change and the variety of usage. So, you know, some of these platforms are hugely popular in certain ways to certain ages and certain audiences, but different to others. So it's like there's nuances within even one platform now, whereas, you know, so that didn't used to be quite as prevalent. So there's a lot of knowledge to keep on top of. Is that an experience that you've felt? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially, yeah, every every platform requires a level of knowledge. Like you need to know, oh, Facebook doesn't like this or doesn't like that. Um, like they don't – Facebook doesn't like HD video still for some reason. They still have issues with that. And I remember there was a time when YouTube would lock your view numbers because they hadn't worked out how to count their view numbers properly. And that wasn't that long ago. But it was, it's like you have to know what each platform's having an issue with and then what is your fault and what's not. <laughs> but um, I think generally over time things have become more homogenous so you can kind of jump between them. Mm. So, they, yeah, so I think... For me, in summarising your point there, it's like the one thing that we can um, rely on is change <laughs> and that you just have to keep, again. Yeah, did, did things get easier or did I just get easier at dealing with it, <laughs> you know? Like there is such a range of ways where people can get involved. For you, what do you think, if you have a hit prediction, what do you think is the big way in which people will, you know, have that, the best ability to communicate, connect, tell stories. Like, what are you? Where are you seeing that happening? Hmm. Just to throw that curling. <laughs> like, I don't know. I think there's a barrier. So TikTok's good and all that, Bizzo. But um, <laughs> there's still. I feel like there's still a lot of people in the world that don't feel comfortable filming themselves. So the people we do see are people who are more confident on a camera or things like that. So I think there's got to be something that that is a platform or something that makes people feel more comfortable sharing themselves. So maybe that's something like um, the, the the way that Facebook's trying to head now, like the virtual reality, you know, you can speak through an avatar and, and it might sound weird now, but then if half of our working lives are spent in a world that's like created from 
3D animation, people who are normally introverted might feel like they have an avenue to make content and express themselves, which they aren't at the moment, I guess. So mm. so get that bigger spread of voices from people that may feel intimidated and not be currently sharing them. Yeah, I think trying to get everyone in the world onto making stuff. Mm. Yeah, for mm. everyone tell their stories going to be a lot of interesting stories yeah there's a lot of stories i'm like wow that would get noisy (laughs) yeah Yeah. but they'd get better at filtering it for everyone yeah hopefully there's Um, been a lot of weird catchphrases over time there has been not at all out was probably the the (laughs) big one from the old days yes that was from um when we interviewed racka racka and they were like yeah gonna nut it all out (laughs) is it a bad that i'm characterizing it like that that's fine though it they're was coming back now you know, it was great it was that was a fun interview and it's just it was said so enthusiastically that um it carried throughout the ages. yeah we just couldn't not say it yeah the next thing i was really interested to get from you is obviously we've been doing be the drop episodes since 2016 it's a lot it's getting close to 300 i don't know the yeah number. and i've done most of the i've yeah. edited most of those and recorded most of those yeah. that's a, a lot of episodes so for you and people ask me this and i i'm like i don't know but i'm gonna ask you the question anyway i find it so hard to answer have you got top three episodes of be the drop is um, have you narrowed it down well i've got three, four episodes of four note. okay yeah. four episodes of note okay yeah. i like that that's a good way of saying it what are your four episodes of note okay so i think one of them you've mentioned a bit earlier like not earlier today but in uh recent times is uh the first episode we did that was like on skype and we kind of retrofitted your laptop to pump out the audio signal into our zoom recorder and then had a camera on you and the camera on the computer and then the screen recording and it was like a mess and we were in a car in prospect because <laughs> it was after we'd recorded the Racker Racker interview, I think. I don't know why we were and in And it was car. with Vin Jang. Uh, it was episode 38 in case anyone wants to look it up. Yeah. But that was our first and last for a long time online episode because you were very pro per- in person till COVID came along. Yeah. But he was so... Uh, important <laughs> that we needed to get him because yeah. he just left the day before episode 44 we when we you did the first ceo sleep out episode oh yeah and i was there yeah and uh, i just remember that being a really <laughs> full-on experience like we were recording podcasts into the night um it wasn't the first time we'd done an event podcast before but it it was like we and were, it was cold. It was there. It was and we were wet. cold. <laughs> and we were doing video and audio and I don't know, but I was there, you know, we were all there for it. Yeah. <laughs> Episode one hundred when you interviewed Mark Fennell. <laughs> Cause that was probably the uh, the one interview <laughs> that I've been like, oh, oh apart from James Cridland, where it's been like, Oh, this person, you know. I it's your it's all Amelia's fault that I get to go in front of this person and be all awkward because <laughs> <laughs> I um, like I always remember me and my sister used to listen to Triple J a lot and he was the movie reviewer back in the day mm. so it was kind of like rock star moment you know yeah. and he was super nice he was super I you know I don't get nervous much before interviews I've done a lot of them and it's just something I feel comfortable with but I was nervous before interviewing Mark. Yeah. And he was only just starting his podcast journey, yeah. really. But he'd done so many interviews. Like he's He just, was a big radio guy. Yeah, yeah he's yeah, a really good interviewer. interviewer and I had a lot of respect for him. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, what if I'm 
what if he thinks I'm a terrible interviewer? <laughs> <laughs> but he was so nice, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think for me that's what I like about Be The Drop, that it's just so varied. There's so many different perspectives. But one of the big takeaways for me is that there's so many unique lived experiences. I keep thinking I understand things or I have empathy or compassion and then I hear someone else's story and I'm like, ah, it, there's just so many different takes on on the world. Like, and it's just, it's going to be impossible to ever know all of the takes, but I suppose it's about embracing lots of different ones. I don't know. That's my takeaway. What for you is a takeaway of the experience of Be The Drop? Mm, mm. Good question. <laughs> Uh, I guess one of the big things is I didn't know that there were so many people doing really cool stuff in Adelaide. <laughs> I mean, most of the people you've interviewed are in Adelaide. So. Yeah. Um, uh, it taught me that uh, it's really easy to get someone to agree to do an interview with you <laughs> just by asking them. <laughs> A lot of people just don't get asked, I guess. I, yeah, I know. We have. It's been great. It's good. Yeah. And uh, that, like, one show like be the drop could be useful to a lot of different people like i mean i remember when my mum was like listening to it one time she's like oh i was doing a bit of social media for she works at a medical practice she was like i was doing uh, some social media for them and then i listened to your episode with fiona blinko and i learned some interesting things about that so <laughs> it's just funny you know because then you've got yeah people i'm just trying to think of who you've interviewed like they're either podcasters or people who have an interesting story to tell or Mm. all kinds of people so yeah yeah it's a variety that one show could fit all those things in and still captivate the audience it's great yeah it's breaking all the rules that you tell people they (laughs) should follow like following one theme (laughs) i know you're supposed to have a niche one niche but i think your theme is everyone's stories in the world (laughs) yeah everyone's stories matter all the stories matter well look and be the drop has been a learning tool you know it wasn't developed to be the expert it was developed to understand the space and it certainly has done that. And at some point I think it will need to evolve and change because it doesn't fit any of the rules <laughs> and it does all the things I tell people not to do. <laughs> but it's still there's still learning to be had, so I'm okay with that. I do want to say thank you. It has been an absolute pleasure. What a ride. Um, and, you know, who, who would have thought, honestly? I wouldn't have. But it's been a joy and I'm very excited for the next chapter for you. And this will not be the last we've heard of Chris. <laughs> this is not is not goodbye. It's just a good luck with the next chapter until the next hello. So thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks. And uh, I've, we've lived through many a different way of making coffee at your offices. <laughs> and I'm glad I got to leave on a high with the Breville. <laughs> the, um, yeah, I don't know the name of it, but it makes a real nice <laughs> the coffee. The barista. It's the Breville barista. Mm. It is. We've had some bad coffee along the way. Yeah, your beloved metal <laughs> French press. <laughs> but so we're finishing on good coffee. Yeah. All right. Have a great drink of coffee. <laughs> Cheers to that. Be the drop. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining me for another episode of Be the Drop. Don't forget to subscribe in order to ensure you never miss out on one of our weekly episodes. Be The Drop is produced by Narrative Marketing, where we believe that stories connect individuals and that powerful storytelling can positively impact the world. To unleash your storytelling superpower, visit narrativemarketing.com.au or check out our social links in the show notes. To contact me directly with any specific comments you have, you can email me via amelia at narrativemarketing.com.au. 
And don't forget that whilst a task or challenge may seem overwhelming, a waterfall begins with one drop. And look what comes from that. This is a Narrative Network podcast.